Hello everyone and welcome to a mini edition of Wolford Weekly because we're on holiday. Teeny tiny. We're filming abroad like they used to do in EastEnders. Abroad. Oh my goodness. You're going to upset our Scottish listeners straight away. No, we're, we're not, not abroad. abroad. No, I know. We're over the border. We've gone to Scotland and it's very nice. And thank you to everyone who's welcomed us. Mm. It's great fun up here, actually. We just have no time to do a real show, but we're still going to do a show because we've got the review of 1992, vintage year. Yep. that's Fine been... wine, that is. It's an excellent year. Mwah. If you could see me, I'm doing a chef's kiss. It's such a good year. And we're uh, going to do that later. You're going to mm. hear that later on. We're just going to do a mini review not so vintage weeks between the 9th and the 12th of March. <laughs> Is it March? I think <laughs> I so. I think so. I think so. We were in March. So, still. Yeah. Not quite so vintage this week, but it's okay. We had quite a lot going on. Yeah, lots going on, but perhaps maybe not what was to Ben's liking. I didn't, I quite enjoyed the last two episodes, but I know a lot of people didn't like Thursday because on Thursday they did a double episode in the UK. Mm. Um, and uh, instead of a Friday episode, because we've got Sport Relief over here, I'm um, on Friday, <laughs> which is a charity event. It's meant to be a short review and you're talking about Sports Relief. <laughs> talking about EastEnders. I'm encouraging people to donate. Nope. Give to charity. No, I don't care. Um, <gasps> <laughs> no, it was okay week, but it just was a bit like plitty ploddy I feel I think it was the cement that was filling in the gaps mm. of the brick wall of so- solidarity that's about to come for all the stories I guess so I mean there's I still don't like many of the stories there's a lot of holes like we'll start with the Sookie one because mm-hmm. that was the beginning of the week because um, Sookie's secret is out yes but it came out last or at least Jean knew last week mm. and this week Shirley convinced her to tell everyone so in, mm. of course where's the staging ground for any secret to come out <laughs> the Queen Vic the Prince Albert. The Queen Vic. The Prince no. Albert had quite the celebration this week as well, didn't it? Mm, had an air hockey table. Cl- it's a straight club now. <laughs> the men loved it. They kept stroking that table like it was a fine woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, obviously we know that Suki's been lying about cancer. Now I guess everyone kind of knows. Mm. But like, I feel like the reveal, the fallout of it was a bit like all the brothers and sisters, the Panasonic brothers and sisters, they all just were like, okay. It, w- it was like she just told them that she'd stolen a 99p suite from a shop or something. It yeah. wasn't, it, was it like didn't seem like a, crime. yeah. It wasn't like a big deal that she faked cancer and said she was dying. So I, I don't know, like the the method behind why Suki did it seems a bit odd to well, me. It, it doesn't quite add up. It's the dad, isn't it? The first mention of him came out this week. And so she did it all because she wanted them all to be a family once he gets out of prison. So they've got, an inc- mm. they've got a criminal father. So that kind of explains the maybe the, the method of why the men, the boys of the Panasas are the way they are. That's right. I mean, we thought maybe he was dead. They'd not really said, had they? No. They used to own a corner shop because they bought that photo for her. But that's all we knew. But apparently mm. he's in prison. But like, why did she have to fake cancer? Because the dad, like, it just seems weird. Because there's she only one way to bring a family together. And that's a fake cancer storyline. Yeah, it seems a bit odd. But, but Ash wasn't very happy about it. Um, and no. Vinny and Kirit wasn't particularly very happy about it. The only one who didn't seem to give her monkeys was Jags. He just sat in the corner grumbling yeah. and eating. Did his one line and hugged yeah. her and then that was it. Oh. But um, yeah, I guess that's out. So I don't know what's next for Suki now. I guess that frees her up. But when people in the square start to know, I don't know how they're going to accept her. I mean, Kat's not very accepting already, nor's Jean. Well, let's quickly talk about Jean, because after um, some misguided advice by Shirley, where she said, you know, you're a much better person now, Jean's now off her meds. Yeah, she kind of thought, she kind of took that as like, you're stronger now, You maybe you don't need your meds. That's mm. how Jean heard it. Well, obviously she does. But we know that Jean gets a bit feisty. She starts smoking. <laughs> she starts going to caravans and has strange names. So Suki needs to watch out now. Yeah. 
if um, Jean is off her meds. I, I feel there's going to be a fight in the middle of the gardens at some point soon. <laughs> uh, what else did we have? We had uh, the Whitney storyline. Should we talk about that? Weird I think we better. Casting. Her, <laughs> de- her decasting, as you put it to me on on Thursday. I did. Because we've already... This is weird because we know what Whitney looks like as a child because she was introduced into the soap as mm, a child. Quite young. 15, 16, wasn't she? Yeah. So to... I'm guessing this young Whitney, what was she? 13, 14? She does say, doesn't she? She says she's 13, I think, or 12. She says she's just becoming a teenager. Mm. I wanted them to do what they did like with Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston and had a hologram young Whitney in the room <laughs> and they like recreated young Whitney. I'll give I, it a year, they will. <laughs> on stage singing. I mean, yeah, it was a bit cringy. I mean, it's a shame because um, Shona's so good. Mm. And like she did do the most, because the whole situation and the whole thing's a bit odd like it's this weird empty prison this blue filter and there's loads of steam and mist coming through to make it look atmospheric it just looks all of it naff and there's like one prison guard in there you don't see any other inmates well, I, I, it's, it's all a bit like the thing that isolated I, yeah the thing i don't get is how caring all the prison officers and all the staff at the prison are because I, i'm not discrediting of the prison service i'm sure you, i know you do a grand service but <laughs> would they really have the time to like commit to helping this one inmate when I there's know. so many other inmates in there they probably have very similar well, is there? i've not seen problems. one yet <laughs> well, even we, in the visiting room there's only one woman in the background of her and cat it's really weird because they, they whitney's a loose cannon she could sing <laughs> she could sing whole again at any point oh, and no God. one wants to see that. that was so cringy the whole thing was cringy like all the effects and like the big flashes and then the girl and, and also when the girl faded away <laughs> mm. well no she when she lunged at her didn't she and it went when she, mm. she bent, bent, it's bent just away. like it's just yeah it was not needed they could have had her do like a big monologue on her own like mm. they didn't have a young version of dot cotton sitting there on the episode when it was just dot for 30 minutes so do you know what i mean mm. they allowed her to have 30 minutes of just her on screen but That's whitney true. sitting in a cell again it's this hand holding again by the producers basically saying oh she's hallucinating rather than us leaving it to the imagination mm. you could have shown the scene of her just sat there talking to no one on the end of the yeah, bed or something shona like can pull that off She's an excellent actress. So, but she did pull it off, to be fair. The way she portrayed yeah, it was excellent. It's still a bit... Mm. It was just... I don't know. It does, it, I didn't feel like I gained anything extra from seeing that girl. Mm. <laughs> Young Whitney, I guess. But I don't know. It they was ruined my favourite Atomic Kitten song, and I will never forgive them for That's that. That's true. <laughs> what would Kelly Katona do? <laughs> Turning in her grave. I mean, they did use... They used the sound effects. They used muse, actual pop music. They used... Uh, hallucination and slow motion cameras and mm. flashing lights well, they had... literally did all of it in that one prison cell yeah if you're gonna do it do it go all in that's <laughs> yeah. what i say um yeah it was what it was but she's on hunger strike thinking for some reason it's going to help her well she said something about being known. unconscious she said i need to become unconscious as if something i don't know we have a... <laughs> did she mean like talking spiritual meaning i don't well, know did she mean like talking to her younger self and once she's cleared the air of that she can then feel like she can start to forgive herself i don't know it was a strange thing to say. It was just... What will make her whole again then? Yeah, it's all a bit silly. This whole... Sh- li- everything with Leo has all been a bit dodge and it's continuing to be a bit dodgy. I wanted them with to bring... With a good actress. I wanted them to bring the actor Tony King back in and have him as an Well, they had his voice, didn't they? So they were near. Was it Tony's voice? I don't know. We need to see on Wikipedia, see if there's a credit of him. Yeah, you see on the credits. 2020. Credited. Oh, yeah, we should have <laughs> should have bothered doing that. Nah, too busy. Um, so obviously Grey's obviously getting stressed by, Shun- by um, Whitney's case. Yeah. It's not working. Which he's doing as an independent solicitor now, just to prove to his uh, solicitor firm that he is good enough to go back to them. Um, we now know the reason why they've kind of pulled him away from the solicitor firm, and that is just the Leo thing. I think that seems a bit harsh. I mean, they don't have to retire him quite 
you know, as early just because of that. They could have maybe demoted him to like photocopy boy, maybe, and got him to carry on with the <laughs> mm. Whitney case. It seemed a bit silly. It seemed like a very knee-jerk reaction by the solicitor. Yeah, it feels all a bit... Obviously, I don't know how solicitors work, but... Not they, like that. <laughs> I know, but they were like, you lost the case, so you're suspended. So, no, it what? wasn't the case, though, was it? It was, well, oh, I suppose hiring the case was Leo. Nothing. It was hiring Leo. We, that's what I say. This week, we found out it was because mm. he hired Leo. Yeah, but and so the she's reputation. his boss, so she should get in trouble for allowing him to hire Leo. But that's what I thought, because surely, the hire, surely he's, he's, he's just recommending them. At the end of the day, the, the hiring should be done by the actual partners of the mm. solicitor firm. So why aren't the partners being... <laughs> being uh, given you know a bit of a time off paid mm-hmm. leave it just seems seems a bit nutty that they've they've seemed to have picked all that they've put all the blame onto gray yeah it's very but, handy for the storyline isn't it putting his pressure up very handy um because he's pretending to go to work to sort of keep up appearances mm. um but mitch is like stalking him thinking he's cheating because jack who witnesses everything in the whole of london he's now a t- detective outside of his role of work. <laughs> saw him go into a hotel somewhere casual conversation over the air <laughs> the table. um so he's followed him and mitch thought he was cheating and that's when gray got the wrong end of the stick thinking mm. that Chantel had told the family that they're not doing very well where so because she's looking for work and stuff so he then beats Chantel. yeah and then finds out from mitch actually no i just phoned your law firm so he like kind of felt guilty for beating Chantel. No, he felt guilty because the reason he beat Chantel. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that he beat Chantel. Was that really... was fine. That's that's fair game. Let's just go ahead and beat beat mm. my wife up. It's really but odd. No isn't worry it? about it's that. Like, so Gray, he was fine with beating her up at the time. Yeah. But then when he found out that she didn't actually tell her family anything, then he felt bad. He felt remorse. Hitting. And it's like, well, no, Gray, feel remorse that you did it in mm. the first place. That's an awful thing to like. The, the only reason he feels bad for it. I mean, if he never found out, I wonder what his reaction would have been when he returned after getting milk from the Minute Mark. Yeah, it's all yeah, very odd. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for this to go on to like, the next bit. Like, we've, we've, well, we've seen these scenes with Grey and Chantel quite a lot. Like, mm. eight, six months, is it? I, I want it to... It needs to move her to talk to someone or someone to see something. I don't know, something. It needs something. Well, there's a story developing between her and Karit now where he's at the, she's going to be working at the call centre for a bit of extra money. Oh, yeah. That's obviously going to rub grey the wrong way i mean it's funny isn't it where we have so many stories where things are going so quickly and this story they really seem to be kind of padding it out for mm. all it's worth is they've almost done the exact opposite they're really padding it out and i think yeah. it, you're right it needs to develop a little further mm. now rather well, something than... it's just the same thing there's only so many times we can witness Chantel. yeah before it stops being this. quite as shocking yeah. like the first time it was sh- truly shocking mm. and not to say that not to say that we should be not showing the gravitas of the situation but they need to kind of not take it to an extreme where the violence gets worse but take it to an extreme where the storyline perhaps psychologically gets maybe a bit worse mm, i agree who have we got else happy couples well not so happy two proposals both turned down this yeah week. yeah um because Stuart thought it'd be a good idea to propose to rainy because she was feeling a bit down because her ex client turned up and mm. her past was sort of following her but and she li- said yeah. no well she did she said yeah she said that he was being you know he was almost doing it as a reaction to what Linda had said to her and he was just doing it to cheer her up rather mm. for the right reason because Linda was really horrible to her I thought in the yeah really unnecessarily restaurant. as well because she was they were being her and Stuart were being really supportive yeah they just saved their lives yeah and she just slagged Rainy off in front of everyone mm. she needs a drink doesn't she <laughs> she does she needs to calm down and have a vodka I go back to the quote that Lou Bill said about Angie back in 86 I'm going to go with 86 where she said you know when Angie was sober she said I think I preferred her with a drink in her <laughs> maybe Linda she's a bit horrible mm. so 
She's a nasty piece of work. Yeah. What a nasty woman. What a nasty woman. Yeah. Not nice. I mean, her, I suppose her and Stuart are getting a bit more friendlier, but we also found out that Mick is considering selling up the pub too, which mm, is which is the right thing good. to do. They won't, but it'll be good. Well, or at least give the lease over to perhaps another Carter. Do you <laughs> oh, hear me? I'm not going back there. Do you hear me? Um, Danny Hatchard? Yeah. Danny yeah. Hatchard, come back. He'll come back. Vegan at the Vic. We need more. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to do a vegan menu. <laughs> I bet that'll go down like a pile of wet sick. Um, we also had the other proposal that was denied by Lola. Much to Lexi's disappointment. Jay didn't even know that they'd broken up, apparently. But, yeah, but Lola, Le- did. Lola did, because yeah. she was up in <laughs> Peter Bill's pants. Right, who's to blame, Peter or Lola, or they both had a part in it? Yeah, I saw some people saying that Peter was making her drunk and then took advantage of her. Mm. I don't know. They, she knew she was. I don't know. She knew what she was doing. They were both drunk. He was drinking too. I don't think anyone took advantage. It of had anyone. to be. I'm sorry. It was consensual. She. Mm. knew what she was doing it wasn't that she wasn't and they were both she she was eyeballing him at the table last week exactly she was undressing him with his eyes yep it was inevitable it just happened they met at a gay bar (laughs) where all the straight people there's an air hockey table now did you know there's an air hockey table at the gay bar all the straight people meet there um Mm. but yeah she slept with peter he stayed over but then she said don't tell anyone but then Callum came downstairs. So ben, ben didn't hear anything. No. So they must it was really, fine. They must have been really quiet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that really went on at the house, at the Mitchell house. Maybe. Because Ben was there, Callum was there, Lexi was there. Well, they might have, I don't know, maybe they did it in the alleyway and then she just said, oh, come back to mine. And then she just passed, they passed out. out. Yeah. <laughs> just both, both passed out. Well, they didn't have a bottle of vodka between them. I mean, I'd be passing out after a shot. <laughs> mm, Habiba had her one line because she had a personal training session with Peter yep, so yep. that's ticks for this week Jags had his one line so that was ticks for mm-hmm. the week so can't wait for done. Jags and Abiba I know one line each then they'll share a line soon when they're a couple <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're downgrading them to one line between them um, and then she obviously went to have an abortion which took a long time it went from daytime to nighttime and she was still there yeah, I'm, in that room obviously I'm not female um, aren't you <laughs> no sadly not but I thought it was just a case of you have the consultation with the doctor you come back a week later then you are given one pill and then you come back the following day and have a second pill. None of that seemed to happen. It was just that she turned up, kept looking in the doorway to see mm. if Jay was going to be uh, be there. And then, yeah, as you say, three hours later. <laughs> so God knows what happened in that doctor's surgery. I know, everything happened off screen as well. Mm. Like, do you remember, I'm going to classic East Dennis again, but when Michelle went to have the abortion and they mm. spent so much time on that. And it, was it was a different yeah, but it was so well then, done. Like mm. they could have done an updated version with Lola, maybe. They did. That. So, they, haven't they done a termination story recently? And they had them kind of go through the. Oh no, that's Coronation Street. I'm quiet now. <laughs> Coronation Street's very good at the moment. Um, <gasps> that's twice you've shocked me this week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's basically the basics of the week, isn't it? I think it I mean, is. It was all a bit odd. I don't know. It all feels a bit odd. Sharon was in a few scenes, handful of scenes, not taking care of baby Caden. We got a comment this week, by the way, about um, what we said about there not being much Sharon in the week. Someone wrote down everything that happened uh, last, not the week just gone, but the week before, mm. of what happened with Sharon. And actually putting it into context like that, Sharon's actually had quite a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, but all those bullet points equate to, what, three minutes of screen time mm-hmm. within four weeks. That's okay, because then we've, we've kind of moved on. And they talked about Dennis's funeral this week. Yeah, without Sharon. <laughs> That's true. But but they kept saying, oh, I haven't got time for this, Stuart. I need to do the funeral mm. for Dennis. <laughs> but um, yeah, dodgy weeks are probably good. We're on holiday, so not much amount to talk about. So thanks, EastEnders. They must have planned that. Yeah, they did it on purpose. Mm. And they gave us a Friday off as well because um, Sports Relief is on. Did That's I mention right. Sports Relief? Don't forget to donate. <laughs> so um, the second half of this podcast is going to be our review of 1992, which is just aired on classic eastenders yes on the drama channel and thank you for the shout out as well from the to, from the drama channel this week too it was nice yes. for them to say hello and after you've listened to the classic stay tuned to the end because we're just going to give you a few more details of how you can get in touch with us
Classic EastEnders and the Drama Channel have reached another year. Yeah, a good year. Mm. A very good year. 1992. A classic, it's classic in every sense of the word. It was really good. There was like a slight lull in the summer. Not a lull. Not a laugh out loud moment. No, but like a bit like... It a was lull. A, it was Ian and Hattie and it was all a bit boring, really. Yeah, but then... It's like, For a few weeks. It's always that way, isn't it? The summer months are always the slow, mm. nice heat. No one wants to watch TV. They all want to go out into their garden. I don't know what the summer was like in 92. <laughs> was it particularly hot? Well, after it was getting quite hot. Mm. Out and about. So it must have been quite... And that quite... was in the winter. He was <laughs> thawing that ice away before he got his arthritis. He was. I mean, 92, when you look at it as a whole year, I guess it looks well planned out. Like when yeah. you go from the beginning to the end, like all the new storylines all come together and lead to this big... Th- like extra storylines at the end of the year mm, and nothing seems to stop and start or something seems to develop and then all of a sudden ends for no mm. reason whatsoever yeah there seemed to be a plan to 92 and it really reflects the quality of the show i thought it was really i really enjoyed it top no, draw it's really really good mm. i just want to watch more and more and more and more we're going to start as we always do when we do reviews of the year we break them up into three month mm-hmm. stints like our seasons and right at the beginning of the year winter January to March. Yeah. Uh, Wilmot Brown turned up yeah. with his voice recording to Kathy. <laughs> he takes for Kathy, wasn't he? He was um, asking, he was requesting her forgiveness, mm. but um, he still thought he did nothing wrong. No. But he thought he deserved a second chance on the square. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> Poor Kathy. It really she broke listened, her, Yeah, I know, it? but she listened to the tapes on like her sound system as well, like, <laughs> to everyone to hear on the square. She didn't have a Walkman. <laughs> Only Dot at the moment has a Walkman on the square. And Janine. Janine got one at Christmas, mm. so she's got to wait a whole year before she can share that with um, Kathy. But um, that was good, because there was a really good relationship with Rachel and Kathy, which mm. like blossomed, because Kathy sought help from her. And Michelle cause... got a bit jealous of that as well, because mm. Michelle had her friendship with Kathy and her friendship with... Rachel and she didn't like sharing her friend. No. It was a bit like Linda and Sharon and Michelle. It was like mm. that all over again. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, Michelle. She's a bit lost really this year as a character. She was a bit all over the place, wasn't she? Well, she didn't really know what like her. She was a bit promiscuous, and she kind of she was very. She was becoming her mum more and more. Like mm. whenever something would happen near her, she'd <laughs> need to know what what the gossip was mm. immediately. And she would always walk in on reveals. Yeah. all the time. Um, but Kathy. I can't really remember what happened because Wilmot Brown wanted to move into the square. He wanted to move back to his house, didn't he? And he did move back in and like all, it was Ron, Pete, Frank and Ian went to like sort him out. Well, no, they were being mis- mischievous, <laughs> weren't they? So uh, Pete started scratching his car and um, <laughs> like a child. And uh, yeah, Ron would say, oh, make room for the lady. And like, you know, he'd be really horrible to poor mm. old Wilmot Brown. I think poor, poor old Wilmot yeah. Brown, that's an awful thing to say. But yeah, obviously what he did was ultimately very wrong. But uh, Kathy got all right because she got a payout yeah and also kathy didn't need all those stupid men to do it for her because she sorted out herself well she did because that's what happened wasn't it there was the showdown in the end when she went to visit wilmot brown mm. and pete pete thought he was still being like her knight in shining shining armor and kind oh yeah of, it was a three hand wasn't it It was and oh, yeah. uh, she pretty much basically said you know we've all done mis- we've all made mistakes but what you ultimately done is the worst mistake you could mm. do and it is only right that you should leave the square and she he did he he's a man of his word yeah he, he wasn't cried in the bath <laughs> yes he did when well, he tried to commit suicide oh yeah and Pete stopped him yeah. like what no <laughs> you won't go over that easily and um yeah that's the last of Wilmot Brown for quite some time for now yes um and other things we had 
we still had like the aftermath of Mark revealing that he's HIV to his family. Well, that was a kind of a hangover from 91, mm. wasn't it? So from the end of 91, he wanted, he was desperate to tell his mum and dad. He yeah. thought it was only right to tell them. But And it was Arthur like not really accepting it. And they didn't know how to talk to each other as father and son, did they? And it was really interesting how they did that. Because mm. that could have been written and you could have ended up thinking like hating Arthur. But you saw his side and you saw, he's such a complex character, Arthur. Mm. You don't really get male characters like that anymore. No. No. There's so much about him that he wanted to accept it, but he didn't know how to. But I think it wasn't just wanting to accept. I think he almost wanted Mark to not be, to be dead to him, but he wanted... If he accepted that Mark was going to die now by almost ignoring him and not involving him in his life, I think he thought that it would be easier for him in the future to mm. then accept Mark's death. But Mark was adamant and saying to him, you know, it's a long time, you know, I'm not sick. I'm not going to get... Unless I get very sick i'm not gonna die so you sh- we should embrace the time we have together mm. that's where arthur was wanting to work on his own mm. which also led to mrs hewitt the floozy of the yes, year yes yes <laughs> oh, i love mrs hewitt and arthur i love that they've done a story like this it, mm. it's, it's, it works really well as well it's a pri- on paper you think no that's silly but yeah when i read about really well. it i thought why have they done that to Pauline and Arthur? That's awful. That's a really bad decision. But watching it on screen, mm. it actually worked really well. And it's done really well. And I understand why Arthur kind of would want to do that. Because I think he he saw his family almost be torn apart around him. Mm. Like his, um, him and Pauline aren't as close as they used to be he said they're very boring and that they don't have like nothing is new between them anymore and it's it's and with mark like i say his relationship is better with mark but it's still not as strong as it used Mm. to be and everyone calls him like reliable arthur Mm. like there's nothing like there's no fight like when people would describe him in the square there wouldn't be all arthur there's no fight behind him he's just arthur and Mm. that's why him meeting miss hewitt and her listening to him and they joked together and she would laugh at his jokes and they could tell stories together. That's why he sort of felt like a new person, didn't she he? She gave him the attention that he craved. Mm. It's like he was always just a footnote, wasn't he, in the whole, like, the whole of the square. Or he always felt that way. Um, I mean, ultimately, that perhaps led to his depression storyline also because he always felt like he was just pushed to one side all mm. the time. It's like, oh, Arthur, he's made a mistake again. He'll get over it, yeah. Yeah, he'll get over it. Um, and Mrs. Hewitt kind of gave him the attention and the love that he, he really... Cr- felt like he was missing out from mm. his family but so it's written a really well really well because she didn't go into it wanting an affair no like they had a friendship and she dated pete for a bit yes that's he, he took her to the races he but did. she didn't like his flashiness so good on you again another reason to love mrs <laughs> hewitt he was like throwing money about like trying to show off to her wasn't he he was like oh it's only i've lost 90 pounds on the ggs ah it's only money don't you worry about it got a pint yeah a pint and um, they basically wrote in Miss Hewitt because Wendy Richards was off for about three, four months. Um, she was visiting Kenny, taking care of him off screen. And um, that's why they they made the storyline. Well, Wendy Richards wasn't. Pauline was. Wendy yeah, Richard, yeah. Wendy Richard. What, what was their reason She was she filming was the spin-off. Oh, to... to um... Keeping up a peer. Are no, you being served? Are you being served? Yeah, Grace and oh, I forget what it was, but it was awful in the late in the early nineties. Yeah, it was last. a really bad comedy series. Yes, and so she had to go off and film that. But since we're still on the subject of the Fowlers, I think we should also talk about how Arthur was a bit of a rock to Mark in the spring spring months of April and June, where he um, helped. Mark and Jill and like was quite supportive to Mark when they met up again together and because mm. Jill came to the square last year wanting to visit Mark and talk about the, how they both had contracted uh, the HIV virus and he kind of 
didn't want anything to do with her but they left they left it on good terms but because Mark felt isolated by his dad and his mum and by the community on mm. the square he went back he went back to her because he thought she was like a rock to him he, she she was someone he could talk openly about mm. the uh, virus too and Jill was such a great character too oh like, brilliant it was so well like the whole wedding and the build up to it and her then dying the next day mm. it was just everything was so well done it was really sad and like tragic mm. but it was it was just so well done on screen because Rachel and Michelle help yeah and even phil nice guy phil oh, yeah helped. he drove the car didn't he yeah but he and didn't he just... didn't know the circumstances of it because the whole square still believed that mark has cancer or they're, they're jill they're doing... died, jill of, cancer, died yeah. of cancer sorry and that's the premise they're mm. kind of building it on to but again it was just so well done and you just you just your heart went out to her because the character was just written she just wanted to live life didn't she because she Mm. knew she had this that's why she was doing it so and she was she was i think she was really loved by the square as well she was integrated quite well she was never a full character on the square but when she was there she would walk backwards (laughs) yeah no one else did yep she'd have ice cream for dinner instead of having a normal meal you know she was she was great i mean one of my favorite things i think um you've ever said was when we were watching the episode when she died you just turned and looked at me and said she's now walking backwards in heaven <laughs> I thought, yeah perfect yeah because that's, that's, that's how you remember jill though is this kind of really fun character she mm. had her low points but because she was so well built and you could really believe in her you know it's amazing like you really felt for her character mm. when she died and really you felt well for mark written. as well and it actually gave a soft side to mark which i think he needed mm. mark Fowler was always seen this kind of rebellious didn't have time for anyone always ran away from his responsibilities but with when jill was introduced in those three months he was when settled he was and settling. then when she died they were really good at showing how he had that slow gradual progression into drinking and mm. being angry at everything and it was really well subtly done mm. which you don't really get that nowadays and he, re- he replaced Jill didn't he with Mandy who came onto the square this year yeah she was a new character yeah, good so casting like her she's a really great character actually she's really interesting she's a bit again mischievous she likes to mm. cause trouble when people try she almost pushes people away who for the people who try to help her by deliberately starting rumours about them and making like derogatory comments to everyone which is a really weird kind of uh, survival technique really yeah but it makes sense because she's been abandoned her whole life so she probably thinks this person's getting too close now so I'm going to sabotage that before they can abandon me I guess Mm. is a thing going there but um yeah, she was really good casting. Friends with Sam, who's not had the best <sighs> year. <laughs> I mean, Sam, I, I last year she was fine when they had the wedding. I liked them and they eloped her and Ricky. That was really good. But she was such a one-tonal character this year. All mm. it was was, I've got my model in. Yeah, I had to think about my career. What about my career, Ricky? She's mm. done like two things. <laughs> like, I know. She dressed up as a, what, a bowl of soup or a cheese? She dressed up as a cheese in a supermarket. Yeah. And, um, and did page three, kind did, of. Well, this is accident. what happened. Yeah, so she was doing a free photo shoot shoot so she could get a few uh, headshots ready to hand out to like the model agencies and accident well I say accidentally she did some topless modeling which then ended up in Frank's favorite magazine <laughs> everyone saw it didn't they Phil Grant Ricky everyone's yeah. seen a bit of Sam <laughs> whether you liked it or not you were no. seeing a bit of Sam but I'm thinking speaking of the Mitchells later in the year uh between like July September time Sharon got a bit busy with oh yeah Phil. Because Grant's been just horrible. He's not the best husband, is he? He's possessive, he's angry, he's jealous. He goes out when he wants to, leaves Sharon to run the pub mm. by herself. She's and... not allowed to go out. Mm. But the sexual tension was palpable. <laughs> 
between Phil and and Sharon, it was it was like 2019. Mm. <laughs> it was like the opposite of 2019, actually. But it was like 2019 Shianu, probably. Yeah. But it is funny seeing it because Phil's like really gentle and he's really understanding yeah. and he's like pro women and pro everything and Sharon can do what she wants and it's like it's. It is a different character to what mm. he's become now. I mean, he's become hardened over the years. If we're going to do it because quick... of Sharon, <laughs> because of that, Sharon, but also because he's almost had to take the role over from Grant, hasn't yeah. he? So, if we're going to do a retrospective really quickly of Phil, that's probably the reason why he's now become what Phil is today. But yeah, seeing this young Phil, um, and I know I've said it a million times before this, but it's actually like looking at Ben Mitchell, like the casting mm. of Ben Mitchell. His to eyes, now. it's everything. His face, and his yeah, <laughs> he's like, but and and yeah, he's. He's this, he's this really gentle he's the gentle of the Mitchell brothers mm. he's the kind one and Sharon that's what Sharon fell in love with that's what Sharon loves yeah that's why she fell in love with Keanu because he was gentle compared to Phil it's funny seeing the Shianu story you can kind of see the comparison because everyone compares it to Sharon Gate and it mm. is essentially what's what it was it was Sharon Gate 2.0 but you can really see it now when you see the episodes of 1992 of the way that Phil is Keanu and Grant mm. is Phil mm. and it it yeah, it's almost a carbon copy. But it if it worked once, why not try it again? Yeah, it's, it's, again, like the Miss Hewitt affair, it's just done really well. And mm. it's really subtly dropped in throughout the year. Mm. And it just built to um, a new Vic set as well. We had a, a, a fire. Oh, yeah, because Grant decides to burn it down for the insurance <laughs> money because he was meant to do a job for someone, mm. recommended someone else to do the job. They then ran away with the money that they stole from the the bank mm. or the building society and so the uh, madman that madman oh yeah the scary gangster he was loopy loo wasn't he <laughs> he was basically like a rich young boy who was a bit off his head wasn't he he was crazy yeah I mean the actor was amazing <laughs> like I really I was invested in it I mean if you can scare Phil and Grant you mm. know you've got something going for yeah, but again I, I have to say that Grant was, and Phil were great because you could tell that they were hot on their toes by trying to find a way of getting the money back but the way they stayed their, their demeanour was so calm and cool in front of him but mm. you could tell like if if Inside. there was yeah if there was like a smellometer on that uh, television screen you'd be smelling something not very pleasant that was coming out of them as they were standing in front <laughs> of that guy also one last thing for the Mitchells we were introduced to Nigel Bates yes he became a full time character yeah so first of all he was conned by or, or Frank was conned Grant for getting his car back mm. from Nigel and um, loved so much by uh, people he back came by back popular again. demand a bit like Callum yeah I like I like Nigel yeah he's alright it's really funny how he was when he was back full time everyone all of a sudden he'd always been there like mm. everyone knew him like yeah. oh you're in the pub again like, we've never <laughs> seen you before but you we were led to believe he's always been around I guess so yeah. yeah, he's okay. He's, he's staying with Dot because Dot is the resident innkeeper, isn't he? Yeah, he likes to, she likes taking people in, <laughs> and uh, all, as a thank you in return, he dyed all these socks and her bathroom blue. Yeah, we saw Dot's bathroom, so we're seeing bits of her set bit by bit. Mm, we're seeing much nice. more of little bits of people's houses. <laughs> Perhaps they moved to a larger studio at this point. Uh, towards the end of the year as well, we had Cindy coming back after Ian's quite boring year. Like, he was acting weird and he dated that woman oh, and we sh- visiting prostitutes. And... Yeah, and also forced himself upon Hattie, mm. which I thought, this is the one story which I thought was strange they didn't continue because I think it would have been interesting if Kathy had found that out. If she could, if she had a word with Ian because obviously yeah, Ian, treat. Ian's her son and Kathy's been in a situation where she's had someone force themselves on her too and I think it would have been an interesting dynamic to see if Kathy had found that out from Hattie mm. um, because he was quite forceful with her yeah, as well he was he like, was. oh no go on you want it yeah want she it. kicked him in the balls yeah. and ran away <laughs> good for her rightly so <laughs> but um, yeah Ian I, it was kind of like they didn't know what to do with Ian for eight months and then at the end of the year they're like oh we'll get Cindy back and give mm. him some sort of 
course. Well, they made him go from like okay, like kindy, into nasty, and in like zero to eleven, mm. like zero to a hundred, in like in, in like one year. And I think the writers realised that they had to rein him in a little bit again. So I think the right choice was to bring Cindy back to kind of give him his soft side once again. But yeah. oh my god, when <laughs> we know there's going to be fireworks coming out of that. But um, even the way he got Cindy back felt like he made her feel like she needed him to me like he was flashing mm. his money so he was still kind of cringy and creepy and stalkery around her and the way he was saying he didn't care if she came back is like you know it, almost mm. like she was a possession to him he was a she was a prize wasn't yeah. she and uh yeah but but so again great I, I mean i forget how much fun ian bill was as a character really in the old days and uh yeah you you can kind of see why ian bill has stood the test of time quite well and obviously at christmas we had the big pat storyline because she's been running pat cabs for the year yes much to frank's disgruntlement um <laughs> she's yet yeah, running a very successful cab business but uh the first rule of running a cab business is you don't drink and drive pat no didn't have that much did you pete nah no. i know pete was the <laughs> only one who like supported him knowing that he's had a drink drive <laughs> conviction and drove without a license mm. it's like god's sake pete if i want advice about what you should and shouldn't do on the road you're the last man i will ask <laughs> But this year shows how great Pat and Frank are because they during the summer they had that real it was like a comedy storyline where they swapped um, roles with each other's companies mm. and that's like a really good example of good comedy in EastEnders and both actors do comedy really well. Then at the end of the year you got to see their more dramatic side where she's struggling with hitting the girl yeah, and also girl when down. um when Mo they, Frank finds out that his mum's died mm, all in the space of one week mm. Christmas week and the way that um, Mike Reed delivers the line when he told Ricky that his mum has died it was really realistic mm. and I really felt like everything so it just shows how great they are both of them they can do comedy and they can do drama I think they're a good dynamic actually I think Pat Frank and Ricky are a really good Mm. uh, trisector of like that butcher family is really good it's just that Sam kind of ruins it and damp (laughs) Mm. and muddies the water somewhat with her kind of redundant story Mm. and yeah Sam's just she's leaving soon it's fine it's fine but no the Pat story the drink driving story was was fantastic and I think it was a really good way of rounding off the year they did well with that um, mm. and uh, there was also the will they won't they with uh, Bill and Sharon again oh yeah because Ricky nearly caught them and also we had Arthur really taking you know the mick with Miss Hewitt by basically abandoning oh, yeah, Pauline he keeps every... her. <laughs> yeah. he keeps arranging dates with her like um, to go to the <laughs> cinema or go to the pub yeah. and then he's gone till like midnight and mm-hmm. she's but she always asks him what is it and he's like oh yeah I had um, some uh, some allotment work to do it's like what at midnight <laughs> Not only will the, the soil be frozen at mm. that point, like, what do you have to do? I don't know. He's being very naughty, and you do feel for Pauline, which is quite a difficult thing to do, but you do. But I am loving the uh, Arthur and Mrs. Yeah, Stewart it affair. Is funny. I really do. It's I like when they great. slept together, and she was like, Can I get you anything else? And while she was leaning over him with her, like, buttons undone. But no, she said, What would you like? Would you like to uh, do it again, or would you like a coffee? And he was like, I'll have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, Arthur. <laughs> Once in one night. That's crazy. Mm. But yeah, very good year. Apart from the dodgy bit in the middle with Ian and yeah, his restaurant and cockroaches. Oh, and stuff. the mill machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he was going crazy because he thought that people would find out about the cockroaches. Honourable mention for the Taverniers. Half of them left. Yeah, thank God. Thank That's goodness. why it was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jules got attacked by uh, pre Spice Girls Emma Bunton. Mm. Baby Spice. Who thought she had it in her? <laughs> yeah, she can take him on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, very good. B. That's my rating of oh, B. Oh, really? B plus for me. Ooh. Mm. Verging on that. It's a very strong B plus. I'm mm. verging on an A minus. <laughs> well, there you go. That was our review of 1992.
which is obviously being shown on Classic EastEnders at the moment, so you can all catch up if you want to. Yeah, if you, if you uh, can watch it in the UK on UK TV Player, but you can uh, get a VPN if you live outside the UK. Not that I would ever recommend it, but that's one way to watch it. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this shorter extra episode. Don't forget you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Wolford Weekly or on our Facebook group by just searching EastEnders Weekly Podcast. You can also find our YouTube channel where this week I do a review of Kate and Oates' executive producing job so far and also I just re- generally ramble about EastEnders. Our YouTube channel just by searching Wolford Weekly Podcast. Thanks again for joining us and a full episode will be back next week with me. Mm, we'll be back in full. And Ben. That's a Martin Lewis reference for anyone. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> in full. He always says in full. Oh, oh, pay your card. In full. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.